Hello, hello, and welcome, finally, to what is a brand new Around the Ring in seven days. We've been gone, um, gone basically for a very long time. I don't think we've uploaded a podcast since September, but we're back, uh, back with a vengeance. Uh, we've changed things up a little bit to how we normally do things. Um, we have now decided to just release... Uh, episode, well it was originally going to be series, uh, a series of episodes on a particular subject but then when we sat down and done the actual interviews um, we've just decided to release them all as one big episode because people seem to enjoy the longer podcasts when we did them uh, so we've kept it that way. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know when this is going out uh, this is going out whenever I have finished it because I'm the sole editor on the podcast now. Uh, I don't have producer Harry with me anymore. Uh, unfortunately, he's off doing his amazing things. Um, but this is the first uh, live interview from around the ring in seven days. Uh, we've sat down with two of the members of the women's roster at WrestlePro, Alexis Falcon and Tonga. Um, sat down and had a chat with them basically about their careers at this point what they've been doing how they got into wrestling um, and then we've sort of sat down with them and not tackled because that would imply that we've tried to change things but we've sat down with them and basically given them the mic to voice their opinions on the state of women's wrestling, on whether they think everything is particularly good, uh, if anything's still particularly bad uh, with women's wrestling, because it's an area that's changed so much in the last few years. Um, we would like for the positive, um, but that's, like, like I say, we've sort of given the mic over to Tonga and Alex and just sort of let them give their verdict um, and I can't wait for you to hear it so let's go just straight into it. I can tell you now though, I'm looking forward to it. It is, it's going to be good, it's going to be good because we've uh, chosen a good subject I think for, mm. the, uh, for the first return uh, of the podcast. Mm. Uh, we're going to be tackling, uh, uh, tackling is a bit of a strange word for it I think, we're yeah. going to be showcasing, showcasing some of the brightest up and coming stars of the women's wrestling scene here in the UK today. We have our first ever live guest because uh, Amir Jordan wasn't live, no. he was over the phone. Uh, so these are our first ever <coughs> live guests and we'll introduce them to you now. We have, of course, uh, brought in with us the wonderful Alexis Falcon. Hi, guys. Uh, and we have our second guest with us today. And I've never actually said your second name, so this Try could be it. fun. Attempt this it. could be fun. We have with us the ultimate diva. Tonga Lue. Lue, yeah. Lue, Lue, yeah. was that right? Lue, yeah. Oh, excellent, excellent. <laughs> I, I thought that was going to be wrong. Um, so we'll be, uh, we'll be chatting with uh, Alexis and Tonga for a good, good while, uh, coming out in multiple instalments uh, across the next few weeks. I don't actually know when this is that you're listening to it now because we haven't picked a date for releasing it. Um, but we are currently in... January, where we are right now. So it's the day after NXT UK. So we'll probably be talking a little bit about the takeover uh, at some point, referencing that in some kind of way. The new 
thriving UK scene and all sorts of bits and bobs. We'll be talking about a little bit of backstory. So let's get straight into it, I think. And uh, we'll focus on this episode more on uh, Alexis's start within wrestling. How long have you been in wrestling? Three years. Three years? Four days. Really? I thought it was longer wow. than that. You counted days. On the 16th. <laughs> it is the 12th today, isn't it? Uh, yes. No, it's the 13th. Okay, so in three days then, it will officially be my three-year anniversary of when I started wrestling. Oh, Started on the 16th Oh, so it's three years in four days. Yeah. I thought you said three years and four days, then which it. I thought that's... Is that, no, your, is that your training? That's how long uh, I've been training. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and I had my debut in October 2016, so 10 months after I started training. Um, Quick turnaround. To be honest, I had a bit of time out there because I did. I was at university at the time and it was the time when I was in halls for the first year. So when I went home to Hull for like, I think it's like eight weeks that you have off at uni, you have longer than yeah. what yeah. the kids do. So I didn't train for like eight weeks. So mm-hmm. I did, technically I was on shows within eight months, um, like technically speaking. But, All right, um, little but, yeah. brag there, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Just a little bit. Tonga brag. going. Mm. You started with, I believe, RWA was where you first started training. Yeah. Yes. I was living in Liverpool, like right near the city centre, next to the um, University of Liverpool. So when I was googling like how to get to like different wrestling schools, obviously I didn't have my car at the time. So the there was a bus that actually went from outside my halls to Runcorn. And it dropped you off right outside of the centre. So I got in contact with a few people that are there and they just explained to me what to do and explained that there was a few people from Liverpool that also went there. So I just thought I'd give it a go. Went on my own as well. Never mm-hmm. been so scared in my life. Yeah. It's daunting, isn't it? And yeah. Just going to like an academy or something. How, how big was the academy when you first got there? Like, what it was numbers? massive when I first got there. There, was like, there must have been like 25 people uh-huh. in. And um, like every every sport I've ever done, so I've done boxing and gymnastics to this previously, but I've started with a friend both times. And both times that I've started the sports, my friends always said, oh, it's not for me and I've stayed on. But mm. I think on your first session to start with a friend makes it like less daunting. Yeah. And I didn't have that in wrestling. So I talked myself out of it for weeks. Like I was going to go before Christmas and then I was going to go the week after we got back. And then I just kept delaying it. And I was like, if I don't go now, I'm, I'm never, ever going to go. So I just... Jumped the gun and went for it. And what was the, uh, when you first started three years ago then, what was the gender divide? How many girls were already there? So it was really weird actually because there was already four girls when I walked in to the actual class. There was four girls and everyone was very coupled up. Mm. So like um, two girls was already friends and then two other girls was already friends and I was kind of just stood there um, like with some other boy, you know, Pete Azazel. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. that's how we ended up being like the such good friends that we are now because he like kind of took me under his wing but then um, Dion walked in she doesn't wrestle anymore but Dion walked in and we just hit it off like a house on fire because she didn't have a pair so when yeah. she saw me she literally grabbed me and went you're my mate now <laughs> so we just and she's like from Wigan and talks like very northern as yeah. do I so we ended up hitting it off that way so was it when, when you first started then Girls worked with girls in training as well. It was very sort of set. The other girls did, but I tended to steer towards Pete mm-hmm. um, because he, like, after my first session, he, like, messaged me and he was, like, really nice and, like, he gave me a lot of advice and he was really, like, nice and friendly to me and we're, we're similar sizes and we've got similar... Like, I adopted a lot of my style off him. Mm-hmm. 
Um, we ended up. We knew from like the girl we was going to end up being paired together anyway because I had a storyline within three weeks of training where I had to go and be a manager and I'd never okay. even wow. like thought of doing that. Um, and it just went from there really. So I ended up working with Pete the most, but I was comfortable with him. So I think that was why. Mm. But the other girls tended to work together a lot. And what's that? Has that sort of changed? Fast forward three years in terms of now you're primarily training with just anyone and everyone or I'll train with anyone yeah I'll train with anybody yeah. um, to be honest it depends like sometimes I'll prefer working with girls for certain things um, like uppercuts girls know where to hit you boys don't I um, agree with that yeah. close lines girls will know exactly what because we have less of a region that you can hit mm, okay. so if it's like a bump and feed drill I will try and get in with yeah. girls just because you'll know this as well yeah I've like, been hit many a times in places that I should not be hit. Yeah. It does hurt. Yeah. Ooh. Yes. A lot. I imagine it would. But now I'll just jump in with anyone. Sometimes I find it a lot easier working with boys. Sometimes I find it easier working with girls. It, it depends mm. what you're doing. Cool. So, let's turn the clock back a little bit even more so and talk about where your love for wrestling came from uh, in terms of what what was it that you uh, decided made you decide you went this is something I want to try? So my granddad, my mum's dad, um, used to watch it all the time, and I used to go around to my nan and granddad's on a Sunday for Sunday tea when my granddad was home from the rigs, and he'd always have it on. And um, is like, this World of Sport you'd have on? No, it was um, it was like Roy recorded it at Sky, and he used to like record it and put it on when I was there to oh, show that me. That is it. a badass granddad. Oh, yeah, yeah. Was like Watch, cool- is that, that must have been attitude no. era Aurora as yeah, well. Yeah, it was. It? He was oh. like the coolest granddad ever. And like my mum used to say, Stop showing us stuff like that, stop showing us uh-huh. stuff like that. And then like I ended up going, Oh, that's real cool, I wanna watch that. And then my mum didn't really let me watch it at first because she was like, Nah, you're not watching this. Yeah. And then um when the time went on a little bit and it was more like maybe two thousand and five era. Um okay. two thousand five era. Ruthless like, aggression. Yeah. yeah. Well when did that start? That started in 2002, two, wasn't yeah. it? 2002 when Cena debuted. Yeah. So that's when, I, that's when I started really watching it, like really getting mm-hmm. into it. Um, made me a bit violent though, because like, I used to start like, tending violent. to right. play fight with people and mm. that's my mum banned me then from watching it again. Uh-oh. Um, Pay then, attention to when they say, do not try this at Yeah, home. well, I mean, I speared my dad once. And, <laughs> My mum yeah, banned me from watching wrestling. <laughs> so, and my dad worked on the rigs, so my dad let me watch wrestling, but yeah. my mum didn't. So when Aww. my dad was away, I couldn't watch it. And then I used to watch it on the slide. And my dad used to let me watch it, my mum didn't. But, um, Can we have the full story about how you speak yeah, your dad? <laughs> Oh, I just passed that. him down as well? Yeah. Oh, well, shit. I didn't actually do a spear. I just headbutted him in the stomach and, oh. <laughs> and ended up winding him. Uh-huh. So that's why I ended up getting banned from watching wrestling and for a bit. how old were you at this point? I think I was like nine. <laughs> it was quite funny though. I, I, it, yeah, it sounds funny. Well, funnily I'm... enough, I, I actually had a podcast interview thing the other day about like who my influences were. And my mum and dad messaged me saying... We wasn't mentioned once on this interview. So I messaged her back saying, yeah, because you banned me from watching wrestling. So she goes, yeah, well, if I'd have never banned you from watching it, you would have never watched it in secret and then you would have never liked it. She said, because you always want what you can't have. She went, so if anything, I made you like it even more. And I was like, good point well made, Lindsay. So 
That is, that is. Because I think I couldn't watch yeah. it. Because I think I couldn't watch it. It made me want it even more. You know, like when, mm. you know, like when you really want the sweet, and then like your man tells you you can't have it, so you want it even more than you originally yeah. wanted it. Yeah. It was like that. And then like Jeff Hardy, he was really big at the time, and I was so into him, and I was like, I'm gonna be a wrestler. And I came home from school one day, and I was like, Mum, I think I'm gonna be a wrestler. And obviously, my mum had seen what the women was doing at that time. Uh-huh. Okay. okay. And my mum went, "You are not being a wrestler over my dead body. Are you gonna be a wrestler?" And then um, I was going, no, no, I don't want to be a woman's wrestler. I want to wrestle the men. I want to be like Jeff Hardy. Yeah. I did the exact just same went, thing. Just went from there. Yeah, like, we didn't watch women's wrestling, did we? Yeah. When it was, like, no. small. I think the brown, like, panty situation and, like, all those kind of stipulation matches kind of just put me off a bit. So, like, when I was watching wrestling, I'd watch the men and be like, I could do the exact same thing that they're doing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just feel really awkward watching the women. Yeah. Because I'm so young and like, I my mum and dad would be in the next room. I still feel awkward watching that from yeah. like, I put um, Mania 24 on the other the other week and that's the one where Snoop Dogg has a Playboy bunny match or something like that. And it's I so, remember that. So bad. It's like at the end of it, Maria Canellis and I can't remember who the other one was, the other girl in it was, but they, they basically, the finish to the match is them making out with Snoop Dogg. It's very uncomfortable to watch. It is, it's, it's like, like soft porn. Yeah. Yeah. It is, it was literally like soft porn, and I think that's why I used to feel really uncomfortable watching it, but the likes of like Lita and Trish, I was really into them, because I thought, oh my god, these are women that are like actually wrestling, yeah. and Natalia as well, I remember when Natalia first came in, and I was like, that was probably the era when I stopped watching it as much, and yeah. I thought Michelle McCool and Layla was, I used to think that they was quite cool. I oh, liked I them, too. them. Um, And then, the reason that I stopped watching it, it's quite sad, actually, but the reason that I stopped watching it is because in year seven, our, on the first day, our teacher went round and asked everyone what they wanted to be when they grew up, and I said, I want to be a wrestler, and everyone laughed at me. Oh, that's so sad. <laughs> and oh. then... And then I carried on watching it till like year eight, and then I was that was when the years when everyone had grew out of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I was, I was known kind of as the, the weird girl yeah. at school that still watched wrestling. So I stopped watching it, and then funnily enough, last year, last Christmas, I was working in shoe, and um, the the shop, and I went to Holt for a transfer over mm. Christmas, the Christmas period because I was still at uni at the time, and some lad came up to me and he went, "Oh hi, yeah, he went, I ain't seen you for a while. You live in Liverpool now, don't you?" And I said, "Oh yeah, yeah," and he went. Oh, he went, that's, I've seen that you're wrestling now. I remember you saying that in year seven. And, you yeah. know, it's, it's real boss that you're doing it. I see you on Facebook all the time. And it took all my power to turn around to him and go, you absolutely ripped me mm-hmm. for saying I wanted to be a wrestler. And now here I am, all cool for doing it. I was like, <laughs> don't try and be my mate. I was like, I have work to do. So I was like, oh, yeah, thanks. And I just walked into the back. People are, like, surprisingly supportive of it, I find. Like, yeah, when you're doing it. Yeah, yeah. When you're yeah. yeah. when, when, you when you're young, kid, kids, kids are cruel. Are, yeah, kids yeah. are cruel to kids. Yeah, they really are. Tiny bastards. Um, <laughs> so let's. Uh, we sort of touched on uh, a background of uh, what women's wrestling was like when you were both watching the products as kids. So let's. I think let's go back to that a little bit and just uh, try and say. Over the time, because obviously so much has changed, let's try and go through that a little bit and say, so obviously you, you started watching 2005-ish. When did you start, When do you know when you started first watching it, Tonga? I think, I don't remember the exact year, but I remember like my earliest wrestling memory was when Santine Morella debuted, so whatever year that was in. Santine Morella, yeah. that isn't it? Is it? Or 2007. So that was no, in the line, right? Yeah, it was that. Because like, I started school in 2008 and he was... He was there. Oh, he was doing he was doing the Beth Phoenix stuff. 
Uh, it must have been around about that time because he. How many times was he Intercontinental Champion? Because he was Intercontinental Champion when the Beth Phoenix storyline was going on. And that was his debut, wasn't it? He won the Intercontinental Championship off. Omega, yeah. yeah. Omega, yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see, I've got WWE up here. Uh, sorry. I've got Wikipedia. Wikipedia, <laughs> Wikipedia up. Professional wrestling career. World Wrestling Entertainment. Ohio Bally. Intercontinental Champion and Race Alliances. 2007. Oh, God. Yeah, because I know he was an OVW guy because there's the, uh, the story of Cornette slapping him backstage. <laughs> So yeah, yeah it, was so, in, it was in Milan as well, wasn't it? Cause yeah. Yeah, it was. It was while they were in Italy. Yeah. So around, around it, so you would have been watching around about two thousand and seven-ish or something. Yeah, like. I don't have much recollect recollection, whatever that word is, of like women's wrestling from back then. Like I was a lot more focused on the men's wrestling, and it wasn't until like I would say growing up, the matches that I'd mainly focus on were like. Natalia, Beth Phoenix, and then yeah. when Karma came in, mm. and then mm. when AJ Lee, I think that was like when I was like, okay, yeah, women's wrestling's very, very cool. So I think that was it for me. The rest of the matches, I was just like, why is this happening? I was like, women can do yeah. as much as men can. Like little ten-year-old me, like feminist, just like we <laughs> yeah. can bump as well. <laughs> so you would say that it didn't start developing at all until. AJ Lee sort of came on the scene. Yeah, I, I always say that she spearheaded the women's revolution as much as... Did that feel like a moment for you guys then? Yeah, when she that? cut that pipe bomb on like the Bellas and like all of them, I was just like, this is it. Like, do you know what though? I think the Bellas do get a... Then, then, then they do yeah. deserve. I think they are also the some of the front runners in the thingy. I just think that they would book badly. I think Nikki Bella post-injury, when she came back and had that really super long title reign, I think that was the best work she's ever done. Oh, I thought, yeah. I thought that was brilliant. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I was like so proud to see like like women that traditionally yeah. had like been put in terrible storylines and like matches, being able to put on matches that were absolutely legendary. I was really proud. The Bellas say as well that they didn't actually feel comfortable doing half of the stuff when they got on, I think it was after the Diva Search one in. Yeah. That's how they got yeah, brought yeah, on. Diva and when they first started, it was just slowly creeping out of that era, and they said themselves that they weren't comfortable with. Like, they was pushing for a while, apparently, to start having more time in matches. Like, I think all the stuff that has happened, like, with the Brown and Panties matches, needed to happen for a... Yeah, for a revolution to happen. To happen. Yeah. Mm. Do you reckon... So what, what do you think it would be like if... If there wasn't anything as crass as that, I don't know, think like, they'd be wrestling at all. You don't think so? No. Do you not? Do you think no. the reason that that was booked was because it was like eye candy for the yeah, for oh, the guys and stuff, and that oh, actually was, yeah, yeah, and that was actually. So you're saying that was needed in order for women's not wrestling to Not necessarily needed, but I don't think well, yeah, that women need, would have been booked otherwise at that yeah. point. Because yeah. if you do look at the older wrestling, the women, there wasn't great. Um, they did look very green, so I think that they thought, right, these women aren't doing as well as the men. We're going to have to book them in this way, which is why they started doing the eye right. candy stuff. Yeah, to try and keep mm. them relevant. Yeah. Because there were, in fairness, I don't think there was. If you actually look at fan feedback from that sort of period, from the eighties, nineties, there's not much of an appetite for it. 
I took um I took my grand to the first wrestle pro show that we did in the old gym, and uh, you were on, weren't you? You yeah. wrestled uh, Lucy Sky on that, and she was she actually said that it was good what you guys did, but it made her uncomfortable because there was never any stuff like that when wrestling was on when she was young. yeah. She was like, it was, so it, was so it was so frowned upon. Yeah. Um, wrestling was, women's wrestling was actually frowned upon because it, it, it was, especially over here, I think. I, I was reading, um, who was it that they were talking about? Clond- Klondike Kate was a, a big contributor to a book that I was reading recently. And she was like, it was, it was seen as sort of like an outlaw thing to do over here mm-hmm. in, cer- in certain ways. Um, so the appetite has changed for it in that you're probably right with the bra and panty stuff that maybe it is because it made people uncomfortable to watch and they they said well if there's, if there's already a roster yeah. yeah let's let's do it and let's do it if you're gonna do it do it properly mm-hmm. i feel like with the whole like revolution in women's sports in general i think they had no other choice but to do it i completely agree like you mm-hmm. can't have like Ronda Rousey bossing it on like UFC and like Serena Williams breaking records yes. like Brian Center yeah. okay. and still have bra and panties matches yeah. and like trying to like come off as like yeah. a yeah. quote unquote like credible sport like it's had to happen there was no other yes. choice for him I started I stopped watching wrestling like I say in about year nine to about year till, till about sixth form um, and then it was in like the second year of sixth form when I watched the women and I thought, oh, I'll just skip through the women. And then I thought, oh, actually, do you know what? This is pretty decent. And it was like Natalia, um, the Bellas, uh, AJ. I think it was like when Paige first came out and um, everything like that. And then obviously when I first went to university, I was more invested in what the women were doing. Like I used to come in from like sixth form on like a Tuesday at 11 o'clock because I only had one class and then I used to sit and watch like women all day like I used to actually fast forward for the women's matches because I thought that it was getting much better because yeah. I want it was refreshing to see because when I stopped watching it I thought that the women were still going to be in the era that they was when I was in like year seven mm-hmm. year eight where it was very like hair pulley screamy mm-hmm. and like a first press and a bronco buster and that's about as far as it went so it was refreshing to see like not, do you remember Ashley? Did you ever see it when Ashley was no, there? Don't Did you, any of you two remember Ashley? I know the name. But she was, yeah, she was a playboy. She was she was a playboy star, and Vince just wanted her. Oh. And she had like she was like quite rotchet, like she had blonde hair with like pink streaks and black streaks. And this was, this might have been who I was thinking of for the uh, the Snoop Dogg thing. In, I uh, think it May might. I think it might have been. And I, I it was actually refreshing to see that. I don't know if it sounds really bad, but like people like that weren't there. Because mm. I just thought that it was still going to be those people because when I turned it on, there was still John Cena on the screen. Yeah. And even though there was some new faces, like it was when like The Shield was first coming yeah. out as well. So I was very like, oh, cool, this is cool. Like The Shield, all right. But yeah, like it was actually refreshing to see the women and then to see how far they've gone now, I'm sure you'll agree. Yeah, like, 100%. It's like come off like leaps and bounds. And I honestly just think it's the start. I think people... Are, I think people are expecting that this is like the peak, but I just feel like women's wrestling is going to go like so much further and like main eventing WrestleMania yeah. and stuff like that. That's on mm. the cards in the next couple of years, I think. Yeah. Could you ever have imagined that from when you were watching it? That Never. That 100% not. 100% no. not. They used, I watch Total Divas, I don't know if you watched that. Oh How my god, when they got caught, incredible. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 
Do you know what episode I'm on about? Yeah, do you know what WrestleMania when they got cut out of the women's yeah, no. like cut out because John Cena and Daniel Bryan went on too long. And they, they literally creative just came over to him and went, "Your match is cut." And mm-hmm. they, I think it cut to um, Naomi and the Bella Twins, and they just oh, said, they said, they nice. said, like on the green screen, they said, "This won't happen to the men. Mm-hmm. Like we're the first people that they come to to cut the match. Yeah, not cut the women. They, they've not turned around to another tag match and said." Can you reduce your time by ten minutes? They've just cut our match completely, yeah. and they said, and that's like I think that that is like the feel parcel of what happens yeah. in like women's wrestling, like because that would happen on I think that would even happen on an indie show in the UK to 100%. be honest. Mm. Um, I think if they had ever needed a match cutting, they'd come to the girls first. Tom wouldn't you just cut mine? I cut everyone. <laughs> the only time I've ever done it is I cut everyone's when a match went too long. In fact, it was when there was, was women's it titles. Was, it was because like... I cut I cut your match by two minutes and your match by yeah, two yeah. minutes. Because um, yeah, it was the women's title match that you yeah. couldn't cut, obviously, because it was a big deal. No, I did cut it. I cut it. I cut, cut, it every, well. I cut the entire cut card. I split. I, well, I just said we'll split, split it equally. Yeah, that's yeah. the only fair way. I think that was when I was going over as well on it. So. It was like. Was it? No, no, it was, it was the, no, it was the first women's title match. Because that was one of the reasons why I was so annoyed. Because that that's like one of the only shows where I've had to go and apologise to people for how I've been backstage. Um, because no, it's happened more. I was absolutely. Yeah, it's happened since then. It's happened since then. But that was like the first time I'd ever had to do it. Um, I just don't apologise anymore, though. Now I don't think I apologised the last time I got arsey with people. Uh, oh, I don't know. I can't remember. Usually I'm never there and I just hear about it. Oh, I wish I was there. Me too. <laughs> um, Sidetracked um, a bit then, sorry. We did. Where, where was I going with that? Um, divas. Total Divas. Would... Yeah, you... Ah, oh yeah, that was something that I wanted to say. There was a... Um, I don't know if that was actually on... No, I don't think it was covered on Total Divas. I don't know. But there was a, a, a tag match or something and, and it was insanely short. It was on Raw or something. And for me, that was like when they started changing a lot more because that's when you know they had the um, the hashtag. Uh, give Divas give, a chance. Give Divas yes. a chance, yeah. Yeah, that's somebody... why I say that I think Nikki and Brie was responsible because they started that hashtag. Did they? Wasn't that? Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty confident yeah. it was them two. And uh, Naomi jumped on it and so did Natalia. It was like them four that started the bandwagon. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, their matches. I remember like Maurice coming out and it was like DDT into a fin- like. Pin one, two, three. It'll literally be like, and it just buries you. And it's just like, how are you supposed to think that these people are credible athletes when mm. they can't even like kick yeah. out of? Was that disheartening for you guys to watch that? Yeah. yeah. To to go like. That's why I just wouldn't watch it. I was just like, I, I don't yeah. want to see this happening. Because I used to think, how am I ever going to do this if all they're going to yeah. do is give me one minute matches? Mm. You know, like when you're little and you just think yeah. Yeah. you're going to make it to WWE. And <laughs> um, I used to think, oh well, I don't really want to do this if it's like only a minute match no. then I, I did decide I was like oh I don't want to be a wrestler anymore like and then it went until I obviously started picking it up again that I thought yeah. sod it just yeah. what about uh, in terms of inspiration to see of in, an indication that the times were changing was NXT much of an influence on you guys particularly like early NXT when Paige and Emma were the two I didn't watch uh, it until I after didn't that watch happened. <laughs> I was I didn't have the network. When, was your, when was your first introduction to NXT then? Only do you know what I'm gonna hold my hands up quite recently, like when I first started wrestling to be honest. Because mm. um, I didn't have the network, I just yeah. watched it on yeah. Sky and then when I moved to uni I had Sky Go. So okay, and I never right. had lectures on a Tuesday or hmm. a Wednesday, so I could stay up all night and watch. Oh my god, I did the like same that. thing. <laughs> <laughs> I was going in third year, they give me like a Tuesday morning lecture and I was like and I never went to it. 
I was because like my sleeping pattern was obviously your sleeping yeah, pattern was like, like watch wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> I had to be I, in uni again. I think that was kind of like a an indication. That was certainly my moment, the first takeover when uh, Paige and Emma had oh, the, Paige, yeah. the title match. I think I've watched um, it back and I think it was pretty that good. Was, that, was match, that was so much better than any of the other matches on the card. I remember people absolutely raving for Sami Zayn and Cesaro. Oh, I enjoyed that I remember, one. Like, I was like, it's a good match, but I, I remember watching the Paige and Emma match and thinking... I've watched this the is, Paige this and is, Emma match. Because I was quite recent to wrestling at that time. I only started watching it in 2013, I think. Um, that was my first introduction to it. I'm sure I was 19 when I saw my first wrestling match. Um, I remember seeing that match and being like, this is one of the best matches I've ever seen in this time Did you time think period. that just because there were women, or did you think that just because it was a good match? No, I thought it was because it was a good match. I don't think... I remember obviously thinking, I've not seen any of the other women do stuff like this before. I've never seen them <clears throat> have one of these matches. I, I remember I used to... I couldn't watch Summer Rae stuff when we watched Raw. Oh, she was cringy, on Because it, it was the... I love the, Summer. She had good kicks there. Summer Rae used to annoy the hell out of me because yeah. of the scre- everything she did had a scream to it. Every single it thing. It wasn't even... To be fair, we... And, it was, yeah. I, I, and I know you it, guys do, do... It wasn't a thingy scream, though. It was like an old woman. It sounded yeah. like... Do you know when an old woman gets like robbed and then she's hitting him with a purse? But she it sounded was, like that. But it was no. Every, Could you give us an example? Single, do it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> uncanny, uncanny. Oh, I've just, oh, I'm watching the audio track go through, and know, oh yeah. my god, that's that's like the Richter scale when like a magnitude 11 earthquake goes off. That was awful. But I, re- but it, the thing with Summer Rae was it was every single movement that she made had an accompanying sound to it. It was like. It wasn't just a, a case of she'd do it if she was selling it. She would she'd do it, and I, I remember being like, "A, I can't watch this because it annoys the hell out of me, and I'm, I can't watch what's actually going on because because of the sounds that they're making." Why'd you but, put me over like, then? Yeah, first of all, <laughs> you're you're nowhere near as bad as Summer <laughs> right? Like you, you've burst my eardrums on multiple occasions. Uh, I think we've just done it twice. Promos and stuff, but. The, but nowhere near on the, do on the scale. Do you not think the men make as much noise as women do? But just because it's women screaming, people. I take think it I think they do. I think it's just case in point. Okay. Tone drop. <laughs> I think they do. I think it's just toned down a little bit and stuff like that. I I would say that in it's terms, not, of, it's never. I don't think it's people just notice it a lot more. I don't think it's a full on like. Because men can't like get the voice as high yeah. as we we naturally have higher voices. You yeah. want to give that a go, Paul? Go on, Paul. Try Me? To prove that yeah. point. You make a lot of sound, <coughs> though. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> um, you make a lot of noise, but oh, like, I yeah, the, I do. As, I, do. I think me and you make the same amount of noise. But mine's just more annoying. Well, uh, annoying it depends on the person, the, the someone whoever's listening to it. Yeah. But like, when especially a lot of indie wrestlers is kind of is kind of like. We, I, you know, I do it like, yeah. uh, and it's like it's the same, same thing. thing. Yeah, so it's I the same that. thing. Well, I think I think in terms, of, an element of it is to the individual, because Ziggler annoys the hell. I struggle to watch Ziggler matches because he makes that sort of like panting noise when do he it. wrestles. Do the sound. I can't. I'm trying to. Like, it's sort of like whenever he just. He's, he makes a noise like that, like he's doing like. Like you know opening a bottle of coke. Yeah, yeah. Like when, <laughs> when you're. Um, when when you hear the stories of like Sylvester Stallone making punching noises filming Rocky, 
Like you imagine him going, ooh, ooh. He, like he do, Ziggler does that, and <laughs> that's what I don't like. That it takes me out of the match when I'm watching it. I don't think when I I've never thought, oh, Ziggler annoys me because of that, or that's annoying. Yeah, and to be fair, I don't think I. I mean, I wasn't really watching it properly when Summer was in. Mm. I mean, I think it was when she was with that Fandango. Yeah. But um, there's never really been in a time where I've thought these women's grunts or screams are annoying me. I do it to annoy people. So, like, when I'm heel, I'll scream to piss mm. people off. And I'll... To, I'll to scream, the crowd, sort of thing. Yeah, I'll just, like, yeah. scream of frustration. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I'll, I'll throw the paddy fits, because yeah. that yeah. gets me laughed at. Mm. And as a heel, yeah. you want to be laughed at. And it's then, all... like, when... When I do face, I'll scream, but it'll be on my biggest move. Does that make sense? Yeah. So like, because I've started doing my heel gimmick as a face now, I will do like a bit of like a thing, just because I think it sounds more powerful. Because it's mm. like every energy I've got is going yeah. into the move. And I think it just like, makes yeah. the audience notice you a little bit more if you're actually making the sound. Yeah. Rather than just. Oh, I agree. I, I agree with that entirely. I think that's. That's a fundamental, surely. Yeah. In terms of that's something that gets brought up in yeah. training that you have. You can't just be silent when you're going through. Um, I think with Summer Rae though, it was slightly different. What noise would you have preferred her to make, Tom? Probably the same, just a little bit more toned down. Give an example. No, no, you're not. You're not tricking me into that. You've. Uh, <laughs> I think Zig- like... enough. <laughs> I think I feel like everyone gonna do some kind of screaming me oh, and yeah. me and alex have tongue review i scream sometimes yeah, you, mm. you should do this now what i should do mm. what i should uh, scream, scream now, as no no i would like you to pant or scream as if you were punching someone uh, no what what noise would do you it. make yeah, if, if, if you think do it. But if, I was, if, I was if you were giving someone a strike with was... uh uh, your tennis racket because you are Jim Cornet. I don't have a tennis racket. <laughs> Alright, well, what do you have? I don't have a tennis racket. Um, I don't have anything. Or oh, what if you're whipping someone with one of your many brightly coloured blazers? <laughs> um, I don't know because I've never done it before. Like, that's the thing, you've got to like, whatever the no- whatever the noise I make now would be different to the noise that I'd make when I do it. Do the noise. I don't, know what, <laughs> I don't know what the noise is, so how can you do it? Do the rope. <laughs> Um, uh, it'd probably... <laughs> he's got he's I'm got an imaginary he's got an imaginary blazer in his hands right now. Go on. Go on. Go on. Go on. Go on. I don't know. I don't know why I roared. <laughs> uh, that's, yeah, I guess that's gonna fantastic. Ah. I want that on a loop. Yeah. Me too. We'll make it a ringtone. I'm going to put it as my text message thing. I'll wake me up in the morning, my alarm. <laughs> That'll get you up. <laughs> Dive through the window. <laughs> Sorry, Tom, that was pretty Appreciate that. This is just so you can add to this Tom McManus soundboard that you've got. Oh, no, yeah. Like, coupled with Bill Clinton impressions. <laughs> oh, God. Some yeah. of the shit we did on the po- oh, on these God. podcasts. Yeah. What was your impression that you used to do? You, wanna, you used to do an impression of some kind of politician? A politician? No, oh, your iced tea Oh, iced tea? No, I'm not doing iced tea. What, what, you used to do politician. <laughs> Which politician did you used to do? Bill Clinton. No, no. No, you used to, oh, I wasn't a politician then. Maybe it was... 
I I can do like Dusty Roads is my no. impression. I can do Dusty Roads. Yeah, you do Dusty do Dusty Roads then. Do Dusty Roads, the American Dream. I'm a super genius, baby. Uh, Had time. That's baby. not too bad. That's that's, not too that's bad. a good. That's the best impression that you're gonna get. Anyway, um, <laughs> let's go on. This is not. This is not getting cut out anyway, so it doesn't matter. Um, it's not. <laughs> it is. I'm editing. Don't look at Alex. I'm editing it. Can we have um, the raw at the end? <laughs> Just no contact raw. Can you? Yeah, send us all then. <laughs> It's my laptop, it's on my laptop. I'm cutting out what I need cutting out. Um, I've completed it. This is why, right, I'll bring it back to this then. Um, because we mentioned before in terms of uh, Debella's uh, tag match getting cut at, it would have been SummerSlam, wouldn't it? It was Mania. It was WrestleMania, wasn't it? Oh, wait, so the one the against AJ. Got cut. Oh. Uh, on Total Divas. Oh, yeah, yeah, that was the main one. It right, okay. So the WrestleMania match that got cut in terms of that. So let's fast forward it to uh, it would have been TLC uh, in December, where Great very, time. very obviously, I think it was that Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins had had their match cut to make room for the ladder match between Charlotte and Becky Lynch. Good. Yeah, so that's yeah. like that must be I think, a complete change of face. I think what what irritates me to a whole new level, and this is going beyond WWE, is that the idea of putting yourself over as can we be in the main event? Can the women be in the main event? And the promoter will just go, <laughs> no, not happening. I've been. Is that something you've experienced? Yes, I was fortunate enough to be in the first ever women's main event at RWA mm. where I first ever started training I had to nag for that from the minute I started having matches I said why are the women getting the shortest matches why are the women get going on first and second why are you? we wasn't even like first half main we was always like first or second maybe like pre-main so yeah, we, pre-main, had to, we had to have the cool down match mm. for, yeah. like we was always told that you know remember Just the main events after you yeah, bring yeah. the crowd down a bit yeah make sure they're down a bit we was literally always told that I said to Andy I said why aren't we getting put in the main event like this is not fair we all train the same we do the same drills I'm probably like at the time I don't go to the gym anymore but at that time I was literally in the gym more than probably more than most of them lads who trained there and was getting put in the main event where and it was it was really winding me up and I said like you wanted to put this much on the line because the stipulation was that like whoever lost it was like the career was thingy the title was on the line um, the it was a 30 minute Iron Woman match and he said I, he said I still don't know I, I still don't know and I said to him I was like if you don't put that as the main I was like that is an absolute insult I said we have worked so hard to get yeah. this far I went and I said, he went, you've been in the main event before, though. And I went, no, I haven't. I went, you put me tagging with a boy in the main event against a, another girl and another boy where the boy where the boy's got all of the, like, shine and stuff. I was like, because you didn't trust the women enough to do it alone. I was like, and it's not fair. And, like, I've never been put main event in any other... Um, any other and I had to I had to nag like god knows what for that match and I remember him turning around to me and saying you haven't proved yourself hard enough to be in the main event yet and I turned around and said the first ever show you ever ran someone had to be in the main event who was it 
And he said, well, obviously it was a man. I said, but all of them was new at the time, so how can anyone mm-hmm. have shown themselves yeah. more than the other? Yeah. I said, and you've been doing this 10 years. Are you telling me in those 10 years the women haven't worked hard enough? I went, because at that time as well, I trained I train here at, at WrestlePro. I trained at RWA at the time. I, tra- I was training like at Fighting Spirit. I was in the gym all the time because I, no, I had so much spare time because I was like at uni. And like... Literally, I was like the hardest worker in the room at that time. So for him to turn around and say you need to prove yourself, I found it an insult. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Luckily, we was fortunate enough to be <clears> put <throat> in the main event, and like, it was a sweet moment of um, like the crowd was chanting women's wrestling for like mm. we didn't have to do anything for the first ten minutes. Like, thank God because it was an Iron Woman and I was <laughs> gassed. But for the first ten minutes, it was literally like Rock and Hogan, you know, mm. where they was like just stood yeah. looking at the crowd. Like we literally could just do that. We locked up a few times. Like for the first ten minutes of the match, all we did was lock up break it because the crowd was just popping so much so like I think that that proves that women can do it and can be the main event mm. yeah do you think that desire from the crowd has always been there do you think this could have happened at any point in the last couple of years or that it had to happen now that there's do you think there's always been an actual desire to see a woman's main event I think it depends on the story. Like, yeah. you've had, like, sometimes at some shows, they'll book main events where it's like an eight man tag, where it's random four like people thrown together. And yeah. maybe, maybe two of them are feuding with two, but then the other two were just extra. Yeah. Where's the story in that? I've had title matches, I've had, like, I'm sure you've had stipulation matches, there's been triple threats that have been put on first. Who puts mm. a triple threat on first over an eight man tag? Do you know, mm. un- unless, the only reason I would say, yeah, maybe fair enough, is if it was, like, going to be the really high-flying indie match of the night, what was going to get the crowd up? Yeah. Or if it was maybe going to be, um, I don't know, the p- people who was on the first match needed to go to one of the adult mm. commitments yeah. needed to leave early. Yeah. But to me, it just winds me up. I think women still are a bit of an afterthought. We're How much, yeah, yeah, there's still, like you said before, there's still, like, a lot, this isn't the peak of women's wrestling. No. There's still mm. a lot of av- attitudes to change. Yeah, I, uh, I just, I have to agree about We are actually an afterthought. Mm. It's like 100% a thing. And I think it's quite frustrating, like what you were saying, that when you do work so hard and you do like try your best and it's just like, okay, yeah, but you're just the women, so you can just do whatever. You think that attitude still... A hundred percent. Some people, I think especially it, in the UK, I think WWE are getting a lot better at it, but some places in the UK don't even book women. Yeah. Still. Mm. Yeah. 2018. Yeah. 19, yeah. Oh yeah. Still <laughs> 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 and they're still not booking women. It's well, you just have to look at like I'm sure I've been guilty of, of doing it, but when relating to a match card, the fact that we would say the women's match oh, I because hate that. or because you don't say because in order for you if you would say oh well, I just want to talk about the fifth match on the card the way you if it was the women's match yeah. you would say, you would say it's the women the women's yeah. match you don't say yeah. the men's match yeah. do you because it's always it's it's weird to describe it but it sounds like the women's match is almost token to all the other men matches because the, all the other me- matches are men's matches I, th- I think I've been to shows where I've still got that feel from women's matches yeah this is on there just to be a women's match yeah 
Um, yeah, like some shows will just book women so that they don't want to be that show that doesn't book yeah. women. Yes. Like there's so many pe- people and places that do that. Like I think the way you can tell if people really want to book women is if maybe there's like two matches or like sometimes even three matches. Like I've been on shows where it's like all women's wrestling yeah. Yeah. or there's been like four women's matches and then four men's matches. Well, like a yeah. lot of, like, there's so many women's wrestlers now. Like you can. Mm. It's easy enough to do two women's matches. Yeah. Per- and even that really isn't asking a lot it because really is, no, match really. cards are like seven, eight matches. You're asking for what a quarter of yeah. two, ma- in two matches, yeah. or like maybe a quarter. We, of we've a... done it once, and I've two women's matches. We, we've had two women's matches, and I wanted to have it the same. I, I wanted that to be our thing that we always made sure that we did have more than one women's match yeah. on, so that they weren't. I mean, I think it's fair enough match. if you've if you've only got like maybe like say for me and Tom was the only people in the mm. women's division, yeah, and you couldn't find anybody else, and that's different. But if you've got like a variation of women that you could use, mm. I just think why not? Why not build more like multiple storylines? Absolutely, yeah, because there's like, more relevant. more opportunities for storylines, and if you if you have an equal split of half and half, you know, half men's matches, half yeah. women's matches, then you've got the opportunity to build. More. Yeah. It doesn't talent. make it such a novelty. Exactly, and then you, then you're in. It, it gives headaches to the bookers because what storyline is going to take main precedent in in a show, main event? Yeah. You know. Well, I don't Who think do that. I t- I, it's a good thing. I, I I think yeah, I think it's a good thing, and I don't think that sort of applies over that because a booker shouldn't. Like I'm not turning around and saying like I'm an excellent booker or anything, but I always say that perhaps that we should only have like not every match on a card. Is is a story. No, yeah, match. I agree. You, you, the, yeah, everything got, ha, everything has filler in it. A yeah. TV series has filler. Yeah, yeah, has filler episodes. So then, um, how do you then? Sorry to turn the attention yeah. on you, Tom. No, sorry. But um, if filler is needed, mm. how do you warrant putting having maybe one or two women's matches, and then the next show? Someone new comes in and automatically is facing, facing the champion. Yeah, I because know, you I haven't got there's no enough. Line. Yeah, there's there's not enough meat behind it. Right. Okay. So this is in terms of we bring Crater in and stuff like that. Um, well, I'm just think. Well, I, I'm just trying to think of a way to sound it where I'm not because I'm very aware that I'm in a room with three people that may get a little bit pissed off with this in terms of. Our policy behind it has been every show needs a match that you could class as a draw, a match that you can put on a poster and go, that's that match is on there. Like I, I understand that you go and watch that, and I, I say, I say this to everyone. I'm not just saying it to the girls that we've got. I'm saying this to literally everyone at the moment. No one we have can match with the drawing potential of a match such as that's not example, what I'm saying Claire and Joe no. Hendry Can that's I be what really those honest? yeah go for it the crowd here that aren't that bothered the, the crowd here are just no but we, that's, that's, that's the point that like we've got people that come in and watch those shows and stuff like that and you would argue that most of the show that we have is for that crowd to keep that crowd entertained they know that they can come in They've already seen our show. Hang on, don't put I've your got, hands I've up. I've got it's my hand up first. <laughs> it's not a class. Let, me explain, let me explain yeah. my point. Let me explain my point. That the major- I would say that the majority of our shows, 70%, and other people will probably say the same, people that do uh, booking and, and such as that, that the majority of a show is for the regular fans. 
So a following storyline is for the regular fans because they've already seen yeah. the following. The women's match, while it doesn't have... Sorry, uh, did I just call it the... Right, okay. The storyline with our women's division that's going forward, while it's not as concrete as, say, for example, the following storyline uh, or something or something else that we've done. Um, I'm trying to think of storylines that we've done. I'm very, very nervous trying to explain Shaking, this. Um, Shaking, destroying... Swarm for the tag titles. I don't I think I don't that think really that's any story. I don't think that's any really different than mm. what we've already done with, with other people. Well, um, yeah, Sam, Sam and Callum or, or Sam and Alan. That was a decent storyline that we did. Uh, no, Callum, uh, Callum, Curry and the Rabbit. While there's not as much a concrete storyline with our women's division, there is still a storyline in sense. I I always think that the one thing that we have booked right with the women's division is that there's always been an element of competition. It's been about whoever is the best of our women's match that we've put forward goes on to face a champion. And then, then with our limited people that we have in our women's division, though it's done to not create a revolving door of the same match every time. Uh, and then every now and again we try and change it up. But to go back to the point that I am making in terms of why other people aren't as high in the card 70% of our show is done for the fans for the returning fans the following 30% is something that we can put on the poster so that when we've got a poster and people are walking around that haven't heard of us they can see that match and go those are the two guys off the TV I'm going to go and see that live for 7 quid instead of having to travel to say Norwich or something that's promotion. That's that's surely like. That wasn't my initial making, point. Though, making, what I was trying to make. Okay, well I've misheard the point. Can I can I address on, Tom's? I get that from like a marketing standpoint. When you do like, marketing, don't you? I do study marketing. We will get into that. Yeah. <laughs> um, I get it from a marketing standpoint, but at the same time, if you're saying that seventy percent of the crowd are people returning, why not then build up storylines and characters to get those people invested? Like you don't but we yeah, do. like those 30% could think, oh my God, they was really good. I've but never we, heard of them that's, before. That's yeah. the point. We do do that. That's exactly what we do. We've, we've done that with people. There's, there's, there's examples that we've done it. I'd say we've done it with you, certainly, Alex. Um, partly because you already had such a great character there um, already, and we put that on a platform and let it go out. This was your first, Tonga, this was your first iteration of this character that you've done with us of the ultimate diva yeah because you were still in the pitching stage of it when you started with us yeah. you came in to pitch it to me mm-hmm. um so yeah maybe it's not been overnight in terms of the build-up but this is a marathon not a sprint in terms of what we're doing i'm not saying that you won't get there and stuff like that but i think we've got examples of people that we have done it with i think the following from where they are now to where they've they have a really good storyline at the moment. They yeah. have a storyline. Can I just say that <clears throat> yeah. we, I haven't had a title match. Ooh, Ooh, here we go. I mean, if we're talking about building stories for the regulars. Yeah, again, but this this isn't what we're, like, I, uh, people seem to get, there's a difference between, I, I would rather, surely I would rather be built up as someone, have you not just regardless of a title. And but what you're saying is that you bring other people in because you think that they're going to draw the crowd but if the people that you already have are built up to not to say like to a Joe Hendry level yeah. but if we're like 
promoting them at that same like standard don't you think that will still draw people in agreed agreed because uh but the, the oh, like because yeah because i want a title shot <laughs> <laughs> yeah and i no i agree with what you're saying but i think it's not something that you can do automatically. You can't just put someone on one show mm. and then say, right, they're going to be the main face on the poster and stuff like that. It's taken... The only person that I would personally say that we're ready to do that with right now is Calvin Corey. That we could, we could do really that because there. he's really, really over with us. And that's, a, that's, that's the point. It's taken us, I would say, about a year and a half to get him to that point. And that's one person... There's other people that aren't far behind him that we can that we can do that with. Um, I think you've been pretty instrumental in getting Rio to nearly a place like that with us because Rio is getting to the point where she's nearly very, very, very over with us. Yeah, but they really hit me, so they're going to cheer Yeah, exactly. They're going to cheer me Exactly. Exactly. So that's that's um, but that's a good point as well. And then people need to take that role, and they might not get the same sort of pushes we would give a baby face on the poster and stuff like that but they're still you know they they're still filling the role of then getting that place it's a team effort in terms of getting people over it it takes everyone working together and stuff like Definitely. that i would say personally yeah. we've only got that to that point yet with Callum Curry. and let me just point out as well that WrestlePro is still very much a fledgling pro- promotion like we we've not been doing this very long um, and I think we will get to that point, but we have to do the, the groundwork. Work, the groundwork first. I think that could have gone a lot worse. No, no, I think that could have gone. Put you in the hot there. seat there, Tom. That could like. I, can you take over for a second? I have absolutely Faces done it now. Yeah. <laughs> most most of that's getting cut. As the, well. the only the, the reason that I brought brought it up was yeah. that. If you're not going to bring other women in, and you're going to, if you need someone to legitimately challenge for a title, you need to build the the other, you know, wrestlers in that division. But to, I would argue that would we you have do intergender? Because that's very popular. Now. Champion versus it's champion. champion. It's, it's very very popular I... now, and you don't necessarily have to do. The man will so like no no I'm example, not, no no I'm not like so I, if me and you were to have a wrestling match now yeah. just because I'm the women's champion that doesn't mean that it can be a non-title match just intergender yeah yeah do you, do you see what I'm saying like because yeah. then you could do like a humor thing where you're like oh, I said I, I wanted my, I wanted the women's title at one point you did didn't you? yeah <laughs> I it mean, was what what was the name was it Pauline so what what it was was there was a tease on the website saying. <laughs> uh, there's a new championship or something coming out. Now, I didn't realise that this was the women's <laughs> But I was posting as Isaiah Quinn, like, this is interesting, uh, whatever. <laughs> now... Uh, this so. stinks of a great feud. Yeah. <laughs> my, okay. my, 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 my thing with an agenda, and this is because I... This is because of what I watch and what I like. I, I, I'm very old school in my booking and stuff like that in, in terms of what I put. It's not... So much is something that I think if the story's right for an intergender match, then you should do one. You should absolutely build to one. Gar- Gargano and Almas, their feud, that had to go to an intergender match at mm-hmm. some point. You had to have Candice LeRae and Zelina Vega in that match as well. You had to. 
trying to think of one where the roles would be reversed in sort of a way. Just um, as like an example, I faced uh, um, like Jack Riley a few weeks ago at Wrestle Island. Now, mm. that being said, the only reason that that did happen, there was no story built up to it. It was just a case of his partner, Lucy, came out and said, if you don't beat whoever's next out that can, you're done. Um, where all of our faction came out mm. and because the booker at the time said you're the most over we're going to have to I think it'll get a big pop if you come out and go it's me and then like if you shove them all out of the way so that was like the story that we did with it but there was no real storyline going into it we ended up in a, ended up having a real good match mm. and there was there was no story behind it he just wanted to do it for the pop of me yeah. instead of the other okay. three I, yeah in. I mean I can I can see I can see that if you think it, it comes down to whether it's the right decision or not to make. If you think you'll get something, if if when you're putting it on, if you think there's something to be got out of it, then yeah, you should do it. But you can say that for any match and stuff like that. I'm, I'm completely not against intergender wrestling. It should be thought of. I just of, think... It should be thought of then as the same way as you would think of filler matches. If you're saying that a yeah. card has filler matches, why? why then filler matches could be intergender. They don't have to make sense. You don't have sense. to have a story. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I also, I think it's cool, and I think it's refreshing to see it's gender, especially now I, with yeah, the evolution the thing, happening at the That's minute. the thing, though. If you see it a lot, it's not going to be refreshing to see. Yeah, but then it'll just be the norm. Exactly. Yeah, but... And what... It's like it's like with ladder matches and stuff like that. Like, we've seen so many ladder matches and stuff like that. You're constantly having to do new sort of things, and the spots in ladder matches... I, this yeah, is, this we is all completely trade together. I, yeah, I understand. But I, I think that so much stuff in this movie is overdone so much stuff and it's for one thing I think with if, if the roles are reversed and that it should be it probably should be that the roles are reversed and intergender becomes a norm and then things like ladder matches and stuff like that get taken out and put into something that only ever happens now and again but at the moment it's one of those things where intergender is a surprise when it happens and that's something that I think you need in wrestling. I don't think that it's even a big deal anymore <laughs> because, like, I probably wear more than Jack. And, like, me and mm. me and Ryan had a mixed tag where we just ended up doing intergender. Mm. Now, Ryan's my fella, and I know for a fact I wear more than he does. Mm. He's real skinny. <laughs> and everyone was going, yeah, but I don't know. Like, even Ryan said himself, he was like, oh, I, you know, I don't know how I feel about this because, like, you're my girlfriend in real life and, like, you know, it's a bit weird, isn't it? And I was like, Ryan, I wear more than you. I went, and if we were to have a real fight now... I'd probably battle yeah. Kill He's like, yeah, it's true. And like, I think everyone says, oh yeah, but what if I don't know Tonga gets put against Roughneck? Of course, Tonga's gonna job to Roughneck. 100%. But if bloody Ryan got put against Roughneck, he jobbed to Roughneck. Yeah, yeah. If oh, you I have, get that argument. If you bullets, have you a bigger man and a smaller woman, of course the you're instantly probably going to be the face. But if you've got a small man, a small woman, some women are bigger, like... I've the, I've wrestled some people, women, who are bigger than any other men I've seen, <coughs> except probably Cyanide. There's some real big powerhouses on the UK scene at the minute that like are, are getting well-known for being this big, massive powerhouse, that that's what they want to do. Like, look at Dominita. Like, yeah. she, she just crushes everyone that she sees. Like, she's proper badass, like, and... She's probably scarier than the first man I've ever wrestled. You would what what 
uh, intergender matches shouldn't really be a marquee match. It should be a match, and it needs to be yeah. thought of yeah. as a match. Yeah. And I think it also kind of removes the whole like men women stereotype. If yeah. it becomes a norm, then it's, it's just like, yeah. oh, these are just two wrestlers having a match. Okay, let let me. I, I don't want to be the villain of this podcast. No, ready no, on. Like, I just want to. Let me. Let me put it. Of this podcast. Not intentionally, though. <laughs> um, let me let me put put it to this context as well, then, uh, and let me see what you think. Um, in terms of, we are a simulation of a sport. There are no none that I can particularly think of intergender sports that I can think of the Olympics doesn't have an intergender you don't have men and women racing each other in the 400 metres you don't have intergender boxing matches do you not think that it is more intergender matches are fuel to the fire of the people that then watch us and go well that's how you can tell it's scripted and stuff like that and how no. it just gives people more negativity no I disagree with that because I think like some other sports why can't we be the ones that set it off? Why can't we be the ones that do it and then the tennis players go, yeah. oh, actually, do you know what? Serena Williams... Oh, actually, there, there, isn't a, there is an agenda tennis. That's, yeah, there that's is. That's one that I could think if of. If you yeah, have, like, Serena tennis. Williams against, who's, like, the best male tennis player, like an Andy Murray or something, yeah, she probably beat him. So, like, yeah. why is well, it not... She definitely beat Andy Murray at the moment as soon as he's got that he really dodgy hit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but she could probably beat him, so why can't Some it be the same thing for... Wrestling. Yeah. If the woman is just better, then the woman's just better. If why why do we Plus have to you, follow what everyone your, else is doing? The argument of admitting that it's a simulation of a sport is, but it gives it. But that that's not me admitting to it though. That's me saying that it gives people fuel to that fire. That it's the most people negative. People watch wrestling because it's real. Though. I'm not saying yeah, but I'm not saying and I'm not saying that that's ever going to be a target market for us, and we should never ever focus wrestling as a target market for the people that just aren't going to get behind it. But it is a big detraction in terms of getting people to invest in wrestling. In that if you've got someone shouting in your ear every time, it's like, why are you bothering? It's scripted. It's fake. Go watch a boxing match or something like that. Or go watch UFC. If if that then gives it fuel to the fire, is it, do you not think that it would be hard if new fans were coming in to watch a show that it's hard for them to get that well, suspension. How do you away. change attitudes without doing it? Yeah, I think it's cooler. You can't change attitudes without doing it. And do you know what? Last night, I did a birthday party for a 30-year-old um, who, bless him, was just the best person I've ever met in my life. And um, we ended up, the women came over, the woman came over to us and said, um, would you mind like actually doing a wrestle? Like, I know we haven't got a ring, but could you not just do anything where you don't take bumps? So we was like, oh, God, go on then. And um, I ended up actually wrestling Jack Riley again. Mm. And these five little kids came over. I was there, and the woman, the um, this little girl's mum was like, oh, she loved Gina. She was like, she's gonna check your head off now. Mm. And this little girl came up to me with like her three little brothers, and it was like, oh my god, that was amazing. I love that you beat a man. Like they literally all said it, and I was like, there we yeah. are. Case in point. I mean, I was the first, but mm. <laughs> but I, I think that the kids like it. They think it's cool. They think it's badass that a girl can go out and wrestle a boy, and vice versa. Because mm. you know what I mean. Like, what if you put a really like lad who had really mm. skinny lad who had no chance against someone like really big and popular? They'd get behind the lad. 
I don't have a counterpoint to that at all. No, neither do I. Because I agree with it. I don't have a counterpoint to it. I think that's that's it's probably the perfect way to sum it up. Then, um, yeah, I think fair it enough. Would be as well. What as because there's another level then where it can still get like. Uh, of course, you do it this way. But if it was an intergender match, wouldn't it be nice to see a man call out a woman rather than yeah. a yeah. female saying, I can go with the men. Please, put, please, please, please put me in a match with a man. Yeah. Do you well, know? That's it would like be great what? to get to the point yeah. where it would be like where a, a male wrestler's in the ring and saying, I want to fight someone who's been a, a bitch or whatever. Well, you wouldn't even say bitch, but like who has been, because it's PG, that's why. <laughs> Who's been like a, a plight on the wrestling industry, and it's a and it's a, a woman. Yeah, that's why I really liked what happened with me and Jack at Wrestle Island because when we was all like all the rejected was hooked together, Jack was like pulling a face where he was like, "Come on, I'm ready, like demon eye, you come at me, I'm ready to fight you. Mm-hmm. Come on, Azazel, even you, the big one, uh, a bad one, I have you." And then as soon as I pushed him out of the way, his face dropped, and he actually said, "He went, oh shit." Like that, like you could literally see, like, yeah. and I liked that he did that because really? I, I literally locked up with him and I went, why is that scared? And he was like, just wanted to put you over. Yeah. I liked mm-hmm. that he did that thing where as soon as he thought it was me, because I'm like the crazy one of that group, mm-hmm. he went, oh for God's sake, not air. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like it was nice that that because I was expecting him to go, oh you yeah, a woman, I love you. Then yeah, it's easy that one. Because nine times out of ten, into gender matches are. Oh, it's only a woman, and you're gonna cheer the woman. Jack never did that in the match, and he said when we was planning it, he was like, "I don't want to go down that route because, like, Jack's only small as mm. it is." Mm. It was like we don't need to go down that route. It was like you're already established enough here to not have to play to the crowd. So let's move on because we have focused a lot on Alexis uh, in terms of your backstory. Now let's. Uh, Turn over to the ultimate diva yes. and see what she's got to say for herself. Um, so we 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 looked a little bit uh, when we were talking to Alexis about what you got started, and it was around about two thousand seven time. Uh, in terms of what you were watching, when was the moment for you where you decided this is what I want to do? Oh God, I think so. When I first started watching wrestling, um, my brothers used to watch it. And I used to be like, oh, what's this thing you've put on? Turn it off, don't like it. Um, and then they'd always use me as their like little like test dummy. They'd like put me in like the sharpshooter <laughs> and like all that stuff. And I was like, oh, this is quite interesting. So I kind of got started watching it then. Um, and then I say around like the time like Karma was around and like AJ, I was like, oh, I could do this too. Like hundred percent could do it. Um, and I was said I was gonna start for years. From when I was like 16, I was found like a wrestling school in Sheffield and I was like, hey, I'm going to do it. But I was just so nervous to go that I was like, I'm absolutely not doing it. And then when I was going to uni, I decided, right, it's now or never. So I found GPW when I gave it a little Google and I was like, that's in Manchester. I will go to uni in Manchester and go train to be a wrestler. And then didn't start So you until... picked your university choices Yeah, my parents don't you. know that. <laughs> well, they do now. <laughs> Sorry, mum and dad. Um, yeah. Oh, God, that's such an embarrassing fact to lie about myself. But I didn't really start for, like, a year. I just put it off. I was like, I can't do it. I was just so nervous. And I think I'd emailed the school and I was like, can I please start being a wrestler? And they're like, yeah, yeah, there's a beginner's class. And I came down the day after my birthday 
like in May time. You probably don't remember it. I remember you. I remember you uh, coming along and watching. Yeah, I came yeah. down and I was so hungover. Bless me. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I didn't know that. <laughs> and uh, I, I remember once I got there and I was like, what am I doing here? And I was like, I walked in and everyone just kind of blinked at me because I was like way too overly dressed as I normally am at wrestling things and. They were like, oh, you can just stay and watch. And I was like, I'm going to do that. Normally dressed, did you just have too many clothes on or were you like in like some sort of extravagant outfit? I think I was in like a kimono or something. <laughs> <laughs> At least you put the effort in back in them days, Tonga. Because now it's just freaking gym pants, you know. Uh, At least I sometimes put jeans on, you know. <laughs> I was very overly dressed. I had like full face of makeup on, it was terrible. Um, I didn't start until around November time, and I remember my first session, I was so nervous. I had to call my brother to like, give me a pep talk, because like, I can't go in, like I mm. actually can't do this. And I was one of two people that started that session, and... Who's the other? Some... Oh, so they're not with us? No, he went Rest to like, one session. <laughs> <laughs> he went to one session, couldn't do a squat, and I looked at him, I thought, oh, you're not sticking around, are you? Uh, he never came back. Uh, and after that first session, well, I... Well, he's here today. <laughs> <laughs> Come on in. <laughs> Mystery guest number one. <laughs> um, I remember after my first session, waking up the next morning thinking, I never want to do this ever again. I was in so much pain. Like, I felt pain that I never felt before. And I was like, this is awful. Um, and I was like, right, I'm going to stick it out for two more weeks. I don't want to be the girl that goes and just quits. Stuck it out and I'm still here, sadly. I mean, we can do us, another yeah. take of that if you want to do that, whether that's excited or not. <laughs> yeah. like, so happy If we went around the room, that would be like everyone's reaction to um, it. Be like, yeah, oh, I'm, I'm still, still here. here. <laughs> oh, um, so, uh, same question uh, as what we asked Alexis then and before. When was the sort of gender divide uh, at GPW? I was the only girl that turned up regularly. There was another girl that turned up every now and again, but I was the main female sort of participant of wrestling, um, which I thought was awful. There was a couple, actually. There was a couple more women. Yeah. Training at the same time as me? Maybe not started, but there was uh, Julie. Yes, yeah, so I said she came. Victoria then. Victoria wasn't training at that point. Oh, wasn't she? No. Oh, right, okay then. Um, I stand corrected. Yeah. Um, so, I, it was so intimidating. I used to hate going to training. Really? Well, did we not know? <laughs> so we've not, we've, we've, we've not touched on this, but this was something that we were talking about when we were planning in terms of bringing it up there. Mm -hmm. What was it that made you not want to go to training? Um, oh, I feel really bad because Paul went to training with me. Sorry, Paul. Okay, leave it all on Paul. Um, well, yeah, you want you want to deflect something now. Yeah, nice. <laughs> Come on, I'll take it. <laughs> no, I just, I don't know. I'm not sure if you felt the same way, but I just, oh no, you had other women there. Never mind. Um, <laughs> God, the easy life over here. No, but I just felt very out of place at times, and like I felt like no one wanted to talk and it was probably just in my head but I felt like oh it's all the guys and then like I'm the girl on the side plus I was like the newbie um but I think that kind of like was like fuel to my fire I was kind of like right if I'm the only female here and I'm like the beginner 
I want to be able to participate in like what the advanced people are doing and like be able to do it just as well. So I think if probably if there were like other women there, I probably wouldn't have gone as good as I am so quickly. That's just my opinion. Mm-hmm. So I, to, to bring it back in terms of sort of issues that you both face, training is something that you've mentioned to us before. That when you're training with an overly male class, that can be a little difficult. And I know that I've heard on other podcasts uh, and other interviews that people like Lana Rossman have kind of had to deal with the same mm-hmm. sort of issues. So let's touch on that. Like, what are the you you guys feel that you sometimes find issues when you're training with blokes? I f- I feel like not as much now because I know everyone that I train with, mm. but. I think people do go, like, treat women a lot differently at training. Mm-hmm. Um, they go, like, lighter on you, and they're like, oh, like, if I'm going to clothesline you, I'm just not going to pull as much power. It's like, oh, yeah, I'll just go light. And it's like, no, I'm trying to be a wrestler. Mm-hmm. Like, hit me. And I had to literally tell people, hit me. Because if you don't, then how am I supposed to, like, learn how to sell? And, like, how am I supposed to learn how to be a better wrestler if you're just taking things a lot differently on me? Yeah. Yeah, I've had the same. Mm-hmm. I agree. And then all those there's the counterpoint to that of like men who go, Are oh, you a woman? And so I'll go add on you. Like there's also the counterpoint to that. Uh, right, yeah. so you've had okay. people like that as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What what's their end game with that? Like what do you think they're I think it's more of like a look how tough I am. Macho yeah. sort of thing. Mm. Yeah. I'll show you sort yeah. of thing. This is how the men this work. This is my ring, yeah. yeah. Like, I think everyone should just have a happy medium. Mm. Yeah. Like, everyone just, yeah. just <laughs> wrestle normally. <laughs> Seems like a very unhinged thing to do. Well, I guess when there's, a, when there's one end of the spectrum, there'll always be another. Yeah. yeah. There's head cases everywhere, I guess. Yeah. So, if you're coming out of the, the sort of training mentality now, uh, and your experience going either going to shows or when you're on a show, how did you feel like the first time you, let's say, were on a show where there was new people there? I know like RWA, a lot of the, they use a lot of the people who train. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what was your first experience of going to a show where you didn't really know everyone? And was it similar sort of um, feeling to when you were at training? Um, I feel like on shows it's a bit different because everyone kind of just... Gets on with the yeah, gets on with their matches. So yeah. I don't really notice it as much on that. But I know like when I'd go to a show, even like just to help out, and people would be like, "Oh, you're a wrestler," and it's like, "Yeah," like, but you wouldn't assume that from any of the guys that like turn up to help at a show. Mm. So Not much in shows and stuff, then you've both been on shows for around about a year or so. Yeah, yeah. Uh, at the very least. Um, You've mentioned to us in terms of side. I want to kind of just give you the mic uh, on this one. Um, Do you think there's been? Have you seen a shift in women's wrestling since you started? Yeah. Um, And is there still how how? What I'm trying to ask is how much work do you think there is still to do? Loads. A ton. Like Tonga said, this is just the start. This isn't the peak. This is the start. Um, especially with like NXT UK women, mm-hmm. um, NXT women, the, the current roster on normal WWE Raw and SmackDown at the moment, 
um, women's promotions up and down the UK, more promotions are doing all women's shows, more promotions are doing into gender. Like, if this is the start, I'm I'm excited to see what the, the next couple of years the next old. couple of years brings. Because um, even for myself, like I've not achieved everything I want to achieve. Mm. Um, nowhere near, not even a quarter. Um, so it'd be nice to see where it does go in a few few mm. years time. And in terms of what we spoke at the very beginning of the series and stuff, in that there were certain maybe attitudes towards women in wrestling. I think from what you've already said, I think I already know the answer to this, but how much work do you guys think there is to do there? Do you think there's still like a big problem? Yeah. Do you think there's yeah. the problem? There's still a lot to be done. I, I generally do feel like women's wrestlers are treated a lot differently. Mm. I think as much as people try to not do it, I think trying to overcompensate at the same time is also treating people differently. Yeah. yeah. Can you give us an example of like when you say treated differently? How how do you mean? I can't give a specific example, but it's just I think if a woman gets injured versus when a man gets injured, it's oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, she's hurt, she's hurt, she's really hurt. That happened at training today in fairness. <laughs> thought Tonga had got hurt for a second. The selling. amount of people that went round, they were, they were crowding around. And none of them I were first that. aiders. <laughs> none of them were first aiders. I'm a fucking first aider. If a, if a man gets hurt, it's, oh. Just well, we'll get, that we'll get shit that, because yeah. I've been hurt at training before, and I would love people to be around me like, are you okay? Oh. But at the oh. same time... Oh. <laughs> <That's>, that feels... <laughs> Why should it just be women who this get the like treatment? This is like an NSPCC oh. advert. <laughs> I'm not that young. If you could donate a pound a month. <laughs> that sounds like a nice idea, Queen. But I think at the same time, um, you can kind of flip reverse it. Because I remember, God, you're going to love this. Remember when I broke my wrist that one time? And yeah. it was in the middle of training. And I was literally told to man up. And carry on training and I was like something is seriously wrong with me I don't think I was there when you You're actually broke it I, yeah like no I wasn't whenever no. I've had like an injury or something like I've had a couple concussions and they're just like I'll oh, just man up just carry on with it and I'm do like do you think that's that was you were told that because you were a woman yeah and do you think sort it's because thing. they're saying that because they think that a man would get up yeah and just carry on and you should be able to do uh -huh. that same thing but I think the whole idea of manning up is just so dated yeah. and mm. should just be scrapped altogether. Like if someone is legitimately hurt, you should just be able to be like, okay, so you're hurt, like you mm. can just sit out rather than just be like, oh, you know, rub some dirt on it and just carry on mm. now. Mm. Do you guys think that you are, only you guys probably know what I'm getting at, where I'm about to go with this and stuff like that. Do you guys... <laughs> Have you guys ever experienced any kind of harassment and stuff like that? Yeah, 100%. Yes, all the time. <laughs> oh, we get into this bit then. Yeah. Well, I, thought, I, I thought I was being fair. That was like obvious so quick as well. Like, Welcome not to the like, interesting section of the podcast. Let's do a retake of that. Like, like, so, do you guys think that harassment is still an issue? Yes, for women 100%. Yes, me too. Yes. Ooh. Oh, right. Yes. Excellent. <laughs> The amount of times I have heard 
your tits look good in that. I know my tits look good in that. <laughs> yeah. I know I've got cracking tits. 100%. And you can keep this on the podcast. Well, I'm I, know. Good, I know full well I've got cracking tits. The amount of times Tonga's walked by, you have a beautiful ass. I do. And the amount of times lads will just go and stare and follow and stare. And when you come over and talk and they go, oh yeah. No, my face is here. Yeah. My tits are here. My face yeah, is here. I'm not looking. Look at me. I'm You're not looking. But, but it's like it's like the people who just make a point of it. I already know. You know. Give what you've got. Like you know, like what's that? Sure. Yeah, if you've got it, flaunt it. Yeah. But it winds me up. I don't go over to you and go. You're packing in them tights. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I mean? I don't know, do I? No. Like, you, Maybe weird. that's because I'm not. I d- oh, don't look at me when you say it. Do you know what I mean though? Like, no, yeah. Like, it just gets really strange. Like, And then there's like lads that will like touch you when you're not wanting to be touched. And like, like they think that because you're in the gear that you're in, that they've got the warrant. And like, like oh, you look like. It's hot when I wrestle. Yeah, like, Literally, yeah. you look Sorry? a I wear my gear that I wear because it's hot when I wrestle and I don't want to sweat. Like, I'm not oh, here right. to oh, be. Right. You know when I went to wearing tights? I had about five or six men, not women, men, go, I think you looked better in the shorts. Now, every girl I've spoke to has said, I think the tights look boss. Like, you know, no other girl wears tights. Like, what girls do you wear with you? Not a lot yeah, of girls yeah. wear tights. Everyone was like, oh my God, like that's so different. Like, I think it looks really good that you're in tights. All lads was like, you know, I think maybe you should go back to the shorts. Is that because you want to see my ass cheeks? Or <laughs> do you just not like tights? Hmm. I know my tights look cool. I don't know. I have seen... I have seen women change gear and thought... They, well, yeah, I've thought they look good in that gear. You can say... If, if, if you think a woman looks good, like, there's no harm in saying that. Like, huge, but, like, sometimes... I, they're, there's, I think there's a difference between what the girls are describing and what you're describing. Yeah, there yeah like, if like, you said, oh, you look lovely today, you look really fit in that gear, I'd be like, huge, oh, thank you. A but, huge portion of this industry is about looking good. Yeah, 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 as in, like... As in like a man. They they've changed to something, and I think I prefer yeah, how yeah, they looked right, in, okay, in something yeah, else yeah. because it was maybe better gear or it. Yeah, I don't know yeah. it looked better, not as a kind of like. I mean, do you think that maybe? I don't want to put words in your mouth. Do you think that the guys who did say that you you looked better in what did you say? Shorts. Shorts. Do you think any of them would have said it in a genuine? I preferred. The shorts gear, or do you think it's more of a? Considering the people it was, oh, right, and I'm okay. not going to name drop, obviously, no, but no, just no. considering the people it was, and that some of the comments that they made about women or two women in the past, like yeah, I would say that it, it was, was more about. It's the, very, I, I think yeah. you can Physical. tell it's different when someone. Yeah, you can I guess tell I, when someone just says, "Do you know what? Honestly, I do honestly think the shorts look better." Yeah. yeah. Rather yeah. than, "Oh, you, you look too covered up." Yeah. Like, and I've heard <laughs> right. that, I've heard yeah, that, like, I, I, we, it's no secret, I, I put on a little bit of weight when I started my job in an office, nine to five, mm. every day, like, I'm sat down all day and I put a bit of weight on and I started wearing a t-shirt as well, and then some people was like, oh, why are you wearing a t-shirt? And I'd be like, what's that got to do with you? <laughs> like, that's, maybe, that's because that's I've had one too many McDonald's. I, I, I've <laughs> said that to both genders, I think, like, I don't particularly like wrestling, it wouldn't seeing people wrestling t-shirts and stuff like that unless it's genuinely part of the gimmick or part of the look um, I don't think like I, I've said it before I've, I've just said it to people that that go out like they're doing it to hide like 
most of you all look substantially better than me anyway so get on oh, with it and like, well no it's, it's true I wouldn't wrestle like I don't wrestle anyway so but I like t-shirt wrestling does sort of what if you try to get your yeah some people do it to get yeah. the yeah but a lot of people don't as well I mean I'm getting t-shirts made and I'll be wearing it to wrestling to get my merch yeah. over Okay, again, again, even even, even point, when I shift this way, that t shirt is getting washed. Yeah, but then there's a point to it and stuff like that. But when people are doing it, like when I when I know someone's got like a six pack or something underneath, like all right, maybe it's not as defined as it was last week. It's still a bloody six pack. You don't need to wrestle in a t shirt. You know what? That's interesting. We should go on to sort of that sort of topic now. I think. Go on, yeah. Around kind of body image and oh. views on yourself and stuff because. I have thought about putting a t-shirt on. Because you have your own view of your body. Yeah. And and it's your body. You can choose to put a t-shirt on if you want. I agree. And I know how much weight I've put on and I, like, cry over it every day. I'm like, Ryan, I'm so fat. Like, I literally feel like... And especially with, like, my boyfriend being so skinny as well. Like, it just makes me even worse. But, like, I literally feel like shit. And if I think that... If I go out and have a wrestling match right now, I know if I was to wear a crop top, I'd be uncomfortable and the full match, I wouldn't be performing to the best that I could because I'd be more concerned about breathing in and standing uh-huh. in a way where I'm not on, not being put in a rest hold so you can't see my little rolls. Like I would want to be stood up and upright all the time and then the match wouldn't be as good. And I'd, Whereas if I'm in a t-shirt, it'd be more what you want. Yeah. Do you think that... <clears throat> you would have the same feeling if you weren't a wrestler? No. Yeah, I've always been self-conscious though. Yeah, Yeah. and you said no. I I feel like um, there's like an extra bit of pressure that's put on women's wrestlers to look a certain way, like to fit that like cookie cutter, like diva mould. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Like I've been told by people like, oh yeah, like you need to like hit the gym, like if you want to like make it and not in like a supportive way of being like oh you need to be like super fit of being like mm. you know like the top women like you need to you know have like abs and like how like working your butt and all that so stuff. more more of a aesthetic thing an aesthetic rather than like becoming stronger yeah. or so becoming it's, it's been like change how you look yeah change how you look to fit a certain mold and i think that's absolutely disgusting and i'm not sure whether the men have it as much as the women do. I know I know that there are promoters out there that do have the same sort of outlook on the men, that they will yeah. book, the, the way they book men. But I've been of, told by a promoter once, not going to name. Think it's, I don't think it's anywhere near as bad. Um, not going to name, um, but that the women's match, he said women's wrestling is equivalent to being a stripper. That's what people are there for. That's a promoter. That's a promoter that said, said that. Said that to my face. Jesus Christ. And I was literally just like, what the actual hell? Like, why can't... Women's wrestling is wrestling. It shouldn't be some sort of, like, sexualized thing. It shouldn't be a sort of, like, oh, let's just watch the women, like, tussle in the ring for a little bit. That is absolutely fucking bollocks. That's, That's disgusting. Shit. It's awful. my gimmick... Is not PG. It's not. My gimmick is very sexualized because I want to be. Because I'm if you such it, a feminist. I am such a feminist, same as you. And I just think 
I'm not doing this to impress the men in the crowd. I'm doing it because I want to feel yeah. sexy. Like, I want to feel good. Women don't buy nice underwear to impress a man. I don't know yeah. if you've ever done this. I will buy nice underwear to just feel good about myself. Because when you wake up in the morning and you put a matching brown knickers on, you're like, oh my God, this is going to be a good day today. Like, I don't wear, like, nice things. I don't sexualise myself for the men. I do it for me. Like, yeah. I do it because my gimmick yeah. is tends to steer towards the top the more non-PG way, but then when you look at my face and all the disgusting facial expressions I'm pulling, you'll, you'll think, do you know oh what, God. actually, like, maybe I don't really want to go there. And that's, <laughs> that's where my counterpart is, and I like that I do that. I like that you think that my gimmick is the kind where both men and women will look at me and go, do I want to sleep with her? And then I'll do something, and they'll go, nah. <laughs> like, I like that my gimmick's that's your, like that. That's your kind of MO, is to get that reaction from the yeah. crowd. crowds. Mm. Yeah. I think it works. It does work. I mean, I do the splits on the ring and stick your tongue out. Stick my tongue out. <laughs> as as far as PG goes, I think we're bordering into twelve here. There. I think there's. <laughs> I think there's a. I think you could spend about five minutes and find examples of men that do the same. Yeah, that's what I mean. Gimmick. I don't yeah. think that's a completely that's different I mean. gimmick of wrestling. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, there's men that do it as well. So I just think that that's why I do it mm. for for a laugh more than anything mm. not to be the sexualised women's match because when I'm actually wrestling mm. there's nothing sexual about it do you know what I mean yeah, like, yeah. there's yeah. literally Correction. nothing se- yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah but that's disgusting mm. that is that's, bad that's, that's really bad Tommy. it was it's awful tremendous. but then on the counterpart women do get booked there is still oh yeah still women that will sleep the way to the top there is still women that will you know will get booked because of the way that they look and the reason that men can't do that is because how many women promoters do you know? That in that in fairness, I know one, and it's because she ran it with a fella. Mm. You get what I'm saying? Like you're not. You, I can literally only think of one ever, and that's like in the history of wrestling. That I can who think was of. it? At the end, literally, Jeff Jarrett's grandma. She used to run. Uh, no. Memphis. Isn't um. She? I can't think of anyone. Fight Factory. Is that yeah, not but she runs it with her husband. Oh, does she? Yeah. Yeah. Um, is pro wrestling Eve? Not sure. I wouldn't know. Uh-huh. No, Dan no, Reed. That's a, that's Dan, Dan there, Reed. Yeah, he yeah. runs it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I can't think of it. I so it is. There is. There is women that are still doing it, and I think that is why we still have that bad rap. Yeah, and I feel like people just assume because you are a female wrestler that you are automatically a ring rat, which is. 100% not a thing and I think that sort of mentality just needs to be abolished because like when you were saying before about do you think you get treated differently it amazes we me do when get treated say, differently the, 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 the word ring rat is still a thing like it's like I can't, it, is. The, the, yeah. it amazes I me I got called a ring rat when I got with Ryan it's not cool we're, I mean, I, we're, we're still together yeah. nearly three years later like and he's not even a wrestler <laughs> <laughs> He won't listen. He won't listen to this. But he's not even, he's you want that intergender match? Yeah. He'll have it. He's not even like a wrestler. You know what I mean? Like he doesn't. Like if I was gonna be a ring rat, I'd get someone bare. No offense. Oh <laughs> fucking hell! Shit. No offense, Ryan, but I would have gone with someone who could have got me somewhere. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> Good grief. Whose idea was rejected, by the way? Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> see where that got you. <laughs> I got us over though, it's alright. 
God. Um, right, okay. Um, I thought that was when when we came up with this. I was worried about putting this at the end of the podcast because I thought it was going to really bring us down. But that's that's been the most we've laughed. Throughout it. Um, You're welcome. So yeah, no. Sorry, um, Ryan. <laughs> so you think how? Okay, then. What would you do to change it? Like, what would what do you think can be done to change it? I don't really think, in terms of what people thinking of women like in a certain way, or like in wrestling in general. Because I don't, I don't know if well, you could. I I don't know if in this case you could change the aesthetic side of things because wrestling is a huge point of the draw of wrestling is the aesthetic of it. It has changed a bit, though. It has, it has it changed. Has changed I think if you keep going the way that you go in, that if if we keep pushing on, then I think that eventually attitudes will change. I think it's a similar thing of like the shift from like the bra and panties matches, to like women main eventing like WWE events. Is if you just book women in a certain light, then people are gonna stop just staring at their yeah. bodies and actually taking interest Agreed. in the storyline and into the wrestling. Mm. Yeah. 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 Right, okay, that is around about where we stopped doing the record on the day with Alexis and Tonga. Um what did you think? Uh feel free to let us know. Uh our Twitter page is still active at Ring in Seven Days. We'll obviously post this on the Facebook page um so that you can get to it from there. We'll post all the links. I'll of course post everyone's social media links. Um both me and Paul were towards the end of this podcast a little bit blown away by a few of the things that had been mentioned, particularly Tonga's comment about what a promoter had said to her. Um, The idea that things are as good as they're going to get for women in wrestling at the moment is probably bogus and that there is probably still quite a lot of work in fact you can probably take probably out of it as well there is still a lot of work to do in terms of getting people um, to what would be an equal standard and this isn't just me saying it It, you've just heard it come from both of the two women that we had on the podcast then so I don't know what you can do with the information I'm not saying that you have to go out of your way to change anything but at least listen to what they've said and think about it anyway we'll be back at another point uh, when I have finished editing again like I say I'm doing these at my leisure now I'm just putting them out when I have the time to do them uh, once are recorded we have an interview recorded with Sam Bailey the WrestlePro head trainer we'll be talking uh, with Sam about training schools uh, his journey from how training has changed uh, over the last 10 years or so I believe it's 14 years that Sam's been in the business so we'll be talking about how much things have changed because they have changed so much in just the last few years let alone the last 14 Um, so we'll be talking with Sam all about that Uh, we'll also be discussing what people should be looking for in a training school what people should uh, 
you know, the, the right questions to sort of be asking uh, if you're about to start in this wonderful, wonderful business that we all love so much. So anyway, we'll see you whenever that goes out.